0: Live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on ninety five seven. The game. Come on.
1: Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lightford did on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game leading you up until six o'clock, as the morning roast will take you until ten. Well, last night was a shame. That gave us nothing to talk about, huh? My goodness, what a game! As the Warriors lose one thirty to one hundred and four, they move to nineteen and nineteen. They have lost four straight. And before we get into anything, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, of course, is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in, what? caught your eye last night what is your one big focus as a warrior fan this morning when you woke up you watch some of that game hell i mean if you're up this early in the morning and you didn't stay up for the entire thing james wiseman didn't play in the first half didn't play in the third quarter was brought in in the fourth quarter and ended up tearing it up but I would love to know from you at Triple Eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. What was your focus this morning waking up as a Warrior fan? Was it the fact that James Wiseman was benched for the first three quarters? Was it the fact that Brad Wanamaker, we've got our wish as Warrior fans, Brad Wanamaker didn't go into the game, didn't play first time this year. You had Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole. Was that your focus? How the second unit went? Was it Steph and his outburst on the sideline? Not really an outburst so much as like a motivational speech, actually. Outburst is the wrong thing to type. But what was it? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. I'd love to hear your opinion on that because we got the notification a couple of days ago that... Wiseman had missed a COVID test and that he would be questionable to play for Thursday night's game against the Clippers. Then earlier in the day, we got the report that he had tested negative all throughout ever since missing the COVID test and that he would be eligible to play. And we really didn't know much after that. And we didn't see Wiseman for the first half wondering where he is because you know, Okay, you don't start him over Kavon Looney to start out the game. That's fine. But where is he in the second quarter? Where is he with this second unit? Was nowhere to be found. Then in the third quarter, nowhere to be found either. And he came in in the fourth, and he absolutely uh, tore it up. But here's the, the details on that. So Wiseman had missed the first two COVID tests, which would, had, he had a morning window and a night window, and on the Friday and the Saturday, he missed the t- the tests and took every subsequent one following that. But it caused him to get benched. So that's the main talking point today. But before we get into anything related to James Wiseman, because I know that you're most likely going to be hearing about him a lot. And don't worry, I got some Grammys takes that I want to give to you before they air on Sunday, all right? It's not just an entire Wiseman show. Might spend a couple of minutes on the Grammys. I'm not going to tell you when, because that's a complete tune-out. It's going to be a surprise for you. You never know when it's going to hit you. Uh, But I do want to get to this. That game yesterday, they were sluggish. Despite the benching from James Wiseman despite everything that happened with the way that the Warriors were playing in general it just didn't seem to me like they had much of a shot if you were going to tell me that keeping Wiseman in in the second quarter would have been a reason for them to win then I just completely disagree with that assessment that, that To me, the way that they played last night, they clearly went into the all-star break and just weren't prepared as they face a Clippers team who is very good and have something to prove in the second half because they're always that team in the regular season that absolutely kills it. Then you got the Lakers, or excuse me, then you got the Jazz, first of all, and the Jazz are the top team in the Western Conference, and they're playing lights-out basketball right now. That's going to be a 1 p.m. tip-off on Sunday. And then you got the Lakers on the Monday night. So really, for me, before we get into any of it, this goes back to the Blazers game. That Blazers game is what they absolutely needed to win. Didn't think there was going to be much of a chance of them beating the Suns anyway, even if Steph and Dre were on the court. But then we found out that Steve Kerr had already made the decision a week beforehand that he wasn't going to be playing Steph and Draymond. So when they they went out there with the starting unit of Nico Mannion and James Wiseman, you're thinking, all right, there's probably not much of a chance that they could beat Phoenix. But then they got this four-game stretch, which was just incredibly tough after that Blazers game. So they needed that win, but now they have lost four straight, and and quite frankly, going into these next two, um, that's going to be the biggest question for me, is can they even win one of those? Because you do have the possibility of falling to 19-21 and before you go on to face the Houston Rockets. And I don't care who is in the rotation. I don't care who's being benched. You're not winning any basketball games playing the way that they played last night. Now, from the 4 too many lazy passes, too many fouls, playing Steph too much. That's from the lawman in the 4 Look, there were lazy passes. And overall, they only turned the ball over 16 times, a majority of them coming from uh, Nico Mannion in that second unit. And you compare that uh, to the Clippers, who only turned the ball over 11 times. But with that starting unit that they threw out there, with... Kawhi, Paul George, Serge Ibaka, Patrick Beverly, and Nicholas Batum. With that starting unit that the Warriors had out there, you really got to be on your A game. You do. Because that starting five for the Clippers, even though they're not as formidable as they may th- you may think on paper, Ty Lue has that starting unit playing in a way um, that is pretty deadly. And Paul George... Didn't even have a good night at all. I mean, he had 17 points, but that was on 14 shots. And he was 3 of 6 from 3 and 4 for 5 from the free throw line. So really, not that great of a shooting day for Paul George in general. You didn't even get the best of the Clippers. And you still didn't look good within that starting unit. Another thing that kind of bothered me in this game. Look, I need more from that scoring duo, whoever it is, when the second unit is thrown out there. You know, Eric Pascal going one for four in this game. I mean, I really like Pascal, and I thought he was so great at the beginning of the season, but only having two points with a couple of assists and, and and just not being able to get it done. Sometimes Pascal would just take matters into his own hands, and he didn't have the capability of doing that last night. And then Kelly Oubre was the other guy that you expected scoring from. And really, after he had his wrist hurt by, you know, trying to go up for a layup, and it looked like he hurt his wrist, which kept him out the past couple of games, and then he airballed that free throw. Um, You knew something was wrong, but that was in the second half. In the first half, wasn't really getting much from him, even though he had started the game. Now, he made a three, sure, but, look, overall, not that great. 15 points on 14 shots. It just didn't look good. But the story of the game is the fact that James Wiseman was benched for the first three quarters. 888 where were you at on that? Do you feel like it's going to give Wiseman the sort of confidence boost that he needs going into uh, this game against the Jazz? Do you think it was right for Kerr to keep him out? Or do you think that Kerr should have put him into the lineup, you know, talked with him, understood like hey you made a mistake or do you think that there should have been some disciplinary action involved because here's where i'm at with this even though he is the second overall pick i'm really not going to make too much of it i'm not this was just another one of those moments where we take it just way too far you know, we go on, like, I I stayed off social media last night. There was no chance that I was going on social media. I couldn't go on Twitter to see the outrage uh, that was pouring in. Like, no chance. Because, to me, it was just a moment that happened, and there are rules with, this, with, with the NBA right now. You know, and you gotta follow them. And wait till you hear what James Wiseman had to say about it, because he completely owned up to it, and... If you don't believe things from post-game press conferences and, you know, you may take them with a grain of salt because are they really telling the truth? A lot of this that they're talking about seemed genuine. There weren't any subtle shots thrown at Kerr. There weren't any subtle shots thrown at Wiseman. It just seemed like a moment where Wiseman made a mistake and Kerr said, "Hey, look, I was going to put you in. I was going to give you more minutes." but this week you screwed up you screwed up so i'm not going to give you those minutes right now and i think that this is the type of moment where look we make mistakes as humans we make mistakes every every single person does you look if you're a p1 if you're a p1 and you have listened to this station before and you have heard mistakes happen behind the glass, right, you know I've made mistakes. You know what kind of mistakes that I've done. You know, whether it's playing double audio, playing the wrong sound drop, not even playing a sound drop, it happens. And in situations, mistakes are going to happen. And this is the type of one, to me, where Wiseman in my opinion, will not make the same mistake twice. And I think that that's the whole point of what Kerr was trying to do. And not only that, but did you see him in the fourth quarter? That gives me a little bit of hope because I'm not going to lie. Starting in that second unit, you've heard me for the past week. I said as soon as I saw that Suns game, I wanted to see Nico Manning and Jordan Poole get the minutes because I believe that if you keep Wanamaker in and keep those guys out, or vice versa, you put those guys in and keep Wanamaker out, I don't think that's going to make or break you uh, from being a playoff team. I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. But if you put Wiseman in that second unit, along with Mannion and Poole, I do think those guys have some chemistry together, and eventually they're going to put up some offense. Now, did you see him in that fourth quarter? He played angry. I think Kerr was using this as a motivation tactic, and just also to prove that, hey, look, you're not above the rules, man. You're not the tight. Ty- Even though you're the second overall pick, you are not exempt from doing something that is not only mandatory within the team, but is mandatory within the NBA. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in, how did you take it? when you saw Wiseman benched in the first three quarters of the game. Again, 888-957-9570. Because coming up next, wait till you hear what Steve Kerr has to say regarding James Wiseman. And we'll get to a bunch of sound because... um it's just Wiseman spoke about it in a in a post-game press conference. Glad we heard from him. But wait till you hear what Steve Kerr had to say and listen to his reasoning uh, before you make any truly snap judgments. 888 9570 is a text line on the phone number. Steve it on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
0: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen
1: Langford. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Just trying to have some fun on a Friday because last night was just a brutal return from the All-Star break as the Warriors have lost four straight, are now 500 on the year at 19-19. and And look, for me, not going to overreact. Please, let's just not overreact to this game and what happened last night. Because a mistake was made by James Wiseman. And from this five seven four, Wiseman made a mistake which could have kept him out of the game. And the right decision and discipline... Wait, hang on a second. Oh, Wiseman made a mistake which could have kept him out of the game. Anyway, he was lucky to get any playing time yesterday. I think he made the right decision in disciplining him. It shows the rest of the team that no one is above the rules. And I think it's just such a good teaching moment for Wiseman. And I think it's one of those situations too where have you ever just seen a have you ever been in the situation where you do make a mistake and you understand that there are consequences to whenever you do make it even though you didn't mean to even though it was unintentional like do you you, have you ever been in that situation where it's just like look man i gotta i gotta do this to you i can't let you you know i can't let you you know i can't let you go to the practice, I don't know, whatever, something like that. But everyone's been involved with it uh, within sports before. And it just goes to show that professional sports, God, that was so bad, that analogy. I just tried playing that off the top of my head and couldn't think of anything at 5.20 in the morning. But it's just one of those situations where there's always a respect factor between you and the coach, and you understand it. I think that's what happened uh, with Wiseman as well as Kerr. I'm not going to make too much of it. And again, I'll just repeat what I said. Here's my broken record take. I tend to do these after every single game. But in my opinion, it was Kerr's way of using it, not only as motivation, because look, in the fourth quarter, not only do the numbers speak for himself, but the variety of ways in which he was scoring. He was getting to the rim. He was shooting the mid range. I mean, there were a couple of them where I'm just like, damn. And, With Wiseman, he was 6 of 7, 14 points, 1 of 1 from 3, in 12 minutes on the floor. And here's the most important one. Here is the stat to me which stood out among the rest. Because we know that he can score. We understand how skilled and talented James Wiseman is. 7 rebounds. That's been something we've been wanting to see. Now, sure, he had fresh legs hadn't played in the entire game and going up against, you know, Avika Zubats, it's, you know, you could beat that guy. That's one of the guys that, you know, even though he's a big man, we have seen him get beat before, but still seven rebounds in 12 minutes. Wiseman was clearly playing with an energy and from the five one zero, this is interesting. I didn't watch the game. What happened? Well, just in case you missed it last, uh, last night, Jordan Poole, or excuse me, Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion. All right, we we could start off with that since I just read my notes absolutely wrong. Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion uh, ended up getting starts in the second quarter and how that affected the game. We'll get to that later. Uh, But James Wiseman did not play for the first three quarters due to a missed COVID test. Um, He had a couple of chances last weekend, and he missed those, but he took every subsequent test, so that's why he was eligible to play in this game. So, Warrior fans in the first quarter, you put in Kavon Looney. All right. I mean, you don't expect Wiseman to start right away. Maybe uh, Kerr's just going to give him more minutes. Then in the second quarter, Wiseman's not playing. Then you're thinking, okay, what, what what's going on here? Then in the third quarter, you start to realize, oh, there's something brewing here. And then James Wiseman goes in in the fourth quarter. So, really, due to a missed COVID test, due to not following the rules and making a genuine mistake... Uh, he was benched. So that's really what happened 510 from the 415. Is it is it an overreaction to say that the Warriors are damaging Wiseman's brand? Bench players don't get the endorsements. Well, I mean check him out on Instagram. He's doing just fine. <laughs> he, he's he's doing okay. Uh trust me 415, I'd recommend you check that out because he's he's doing just fine as far as that goes. Um but let's listen to Steve Kerr. Let's listen in to his reasoning because he was very uh, upfront, very forthright about why he benched James Wiseman.
0: Well, I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, you know, this is all part of development as a uh, as a young player. You know, you got to take care of your business, and ev- everything matters. And uh, this was uh, just the, the the reaction to you know him. Missing the test and not being able to practice last night, uh, that hurt us. And so that was the reason he did not play in the first half. I'm not going to go into any more detail than that because it's uh, private team business, but that was the reason.
1: So, and, and there's really not much more to go about it with, you know? I mean, like he says, there's more, uh, there's some other details that he doesn't want to share. But for me personally, I, d- I don't need any more details than that. It's pretty understandable what Steve Kerr did in that situation, and you'll hear from James Wiseman coming up next segment um, because he t- spoke about just his relationship with Kerr and how he's feeling about everything. Um, but Nick Fridell, great dude. Love Nick. He was asking the questions over Zoom on the postgame press conference. He asked one of the uh, questions, and Steve Kerr responded to it. Now, Nick's question was, do you feel like – his confidence might be wavering due to something like this. And here is Steve Kerr's response.
0: I don't agree with that, Nick. He's a he's a nineteen year old, unbelievably gifted player in his rookie year, he's really playing well, played three college games. If you want to go back and look at the history of this league and guys like Kobe or Anthony Davis or I don't know, pick Pick any one of a, a number of, of rookies who became great players. Uh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. There's very few rookies who, in the history of this league, who just came out and ready to play. Uh, especially in the modern era where guys don't go to school and don't uh, don't spend a few years, you know, preparing for the NBA. So James is doing great. Are you kidding me? All he's enduring is the, the normal ups and downs of uh, what a 19 year old young player goes through in the NBA. He's playing against men now but you look at some of the things he's done we look at the way he responded tonight uh, in the fourth quarter the things he's capable of and the kind of person he is I have uh, I have no doubt James is, is going to be a, a great great player and as I mentioned tonight it's all part of of learning how to be a pro and taking care of your business and he understands that
1: and from the 510 continued, how much of a lesson are you truly teaching? Benching a guy than losing by more than thirty. Um, but this is more than just a guy. It, it, this is this is your rookie, you know, the number two overall pick. This is your hopefully future of the franchise. A guy who you hope to be an all-star, a guy who you can possibly, you know build a contender with next season when Steph, Clay, and Dre are back on the court. Who knows what's going to be happening? Uh, I do believe Wiggins is going to be in the starting five, but we do know Steph, Clay, and Dre are going to be there, and Wiseman is going to be expected to be the starter. And I think the whole point was, toward the end, heading into the All-Star break, after that game, I think the agreement was, and this is just my guess, This this is... Just my guess, based off of post-game pressers. But he said after the Suns game, Wiseman needs more reps. He needs more minutes. So if I had to guess, I'd assume that Kerr and Wiseman had that conversation. Right? Like, hey, James... Be ready in the second half of the season. You're going to be big for us. I'm not going to be playing you 11 minutes anymore. I can't have you getting frustrated. Your body language on the court, it needs to improve. I need you to stay confident because in the second half, this is where things start to ramp up. We're trying to make a playoff push here. We're not looking too great. We got a tough tough stretch. We just lost the last two against the Blazers and the Suns. We're going on to face the Clippers, the Jazz, and then the Lakers. Like I'm gonna need you, and that weekend doesn't follow the protocol that is set by the Warriors. So at that point, it's just saying it's that respect factor. Just look, I told you you'd be getting more minutes, but you didn't adhere to the rules here. I I, I, I can't play you in the second quarter. I could, you know, be ready, but I'm not gonna be playing you in this first half. I hope you understand that. And Wiseman clearly understands that. I just. I don't really know why we're making the biggest deal out of it. And I'm probably going to sound incredibly repetitive for a majority of the show, except for when I'm giving my Grammy takes. Not going to tell you when that is because I don't want you to tune out. I'm not going to give you an exact time because then if I give you an exact time, then you'll just be like, well, I'm not going to be tuning in for that. So that's coming out of nowhere. (laughs) Hey, look, I have a microphone. I'm going to give Grammy takes. But I just think that this is a situation – where we are going to look back and think, again, growing pains, right? We're going to look back at this, and we'll all sit back and laugh. You know, even though it's not a laughing matter, and quite frankly, it's tough to be laughing in the time that we're living in right now, and you got to try to, but we're going to be looking back at this thinking, man, you remember that in the first game in the second half of the season? Now look where Wiseman's at down the stretch, you know, depending on what's going on in the season. I personally think that Wiseman's going to improve, and I think that this is going to be, if anything, motivating for him. And it's also going to teach him, look, this is how we run here with this Warriors franchise. You know, you could be somewhere else right now, and they might do things differently. They might not have disciplined you, but this is how we're doing things here, and this is how you are going to teach the other guys that come in as you move forward on this team. As you become that veteran, as you become the Stephs and the Draymonds, because Steve Kerr used that as an example, saying that Steph and Draymond, they've been through this. Steph was benched as a rookie. Draymond was benched as a rookie. They know what that's like, even though Kerr wasn't the one that did the benching at the time. But they understand and this is a time where you got to understand as well. So it's just a total teaching moment for me. I don't really have much to make of it. And in the end, the Warriors did not play a good game. <laughs> they did not play a good game. And in that fourth quarter, it did give me a little bit of hope. It did give me a little bit of hope from the five seven four. 4 Maybe Wiseman should be benched more often if he's going to play like that. Bench him for the first half of every game and watch them put up 20, 28 to 30 points in the second half. Oh my goodness. Look. This next game that he got coming up on Sunday, man, the, that team, the Jazz, they managed to find a way to always keep a couple of starters on the court at the same time, at least two, within that second unit. And Rudy Gobert is going to be a part of that. So, look, Wiseman's got his hands full. Even though you may not like Gobert and you don't like his style of play, the fact is he's been one of the best centers in the league on offense this year. So he's going to have his work cut out for him on uh, on defense. And then offensively, you hope that he can continue to pick it up and just ride this momentum he had going into the fourth quarter because even though he had fresh legs while everyone else was tired out after playing three-quarters worth of basketball, that's still that's what we need to see from Wiseman. That's the type of production that I think we've wanted to see. But 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in, Shaq said something at halftime. The game was on TNT last night, and Shaq had something to say about what the Warriors should do in the second half. And I'll give you a hint. The word rhymes with Hank. Triple Eight Nine Five Seven Nine Five Seven Zero is the text line to the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Lightford did all the pregame show and maybe some Grammy's takes on 957 the game. <laughs>
0: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford.
1: We ain't really gonna lay Uh-huh. I can check. Triple A, 957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. See that? Mumbling over a beat. I should be nominated for a Grammy for Song of the Year for that. Triple A, 957-9570. I could do it. From the 707. And before we get to what Shaq had to say on Inside the NBA at halftime as the game was nationally televised between the Clippers and the Warriors, Shaq had uh, something very interesting to say, but the 707. And this is always great when the text line updates you and they actually give you some uh, real information. Uh, But from the 707, I'll give you the credit, 707, then I'll give the actual source. Uh, But Patriots signed Cam for a year. Looks like they didn't want Jimmy that bad. I'll get back to that in a second. Um, But yeah. The news came from Adam Schefter. The Patriots are bringing back Cam Newton. Uh, He quote tweeted Jim McBride, um, who is of the Boston Globe. But the Patriots are bringing back Cam Newton for a one-year deal worth $14 million. So Cam Newton returning as the starting quarterback in New England. And the 707 here mentions uh, looks like they didn't want Jimmy that bad. I have no doubt that... Um, the reports that Jimmy was Plan A for the Patriots, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't believe that that was false. I do believe that Cam Newton was Plan B because you know Cam Newton just after you know he tested positive for COVID and then he came back. He didn't look like the same quarterback after that, and uh, you know toward the end of the season seemed like he was getting a little bit a uh, little bit tired. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy was their Plan A, and I would like to know. If there were conversations between the 49ers and the Patriots regarding Jimmy Garoppolo, because if anything, it's not only I don't know if it's a question of whether the Patriots didn't want Jimmy that bad and that report was false or it's the 49ers being like, look, we like Jimmy. We're just not giving him away for nothing. You got to offer us more because that's what the Patriots tend to do. They try and, you know scam these other teams give them like a low round draft pick so that uh so that they could grab their guy but um yeah at this point I, i do wonder uh what their conversations were like and if the patriots did uh call the 49ers and uh again before we get to shaq's comments another text here from the 408 uh good morning that's from tony c in san jose are you at all concerned with Clay coming back from his injury? Seeing that Durant has had issues since he's been back and Cousins had issues when he got back. Uh, I know it's off topic, but if you got a moment, yeah, I got a little bit of a moment here before we get to Shaq's comments. I, uh, well, for me, obviously they all play different positions. And yeah, yeah, I'm concerned. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and say with confidence that Clay will be the exact same player, but it's not so much the shooting I'm concerned with, because he'll get his. You know, he'll move off ball and he'll get to his spot. And, you know, I mean, he could have one of those games where he'll score 43 points in four dribble off four dribbles you know or 60 points off 11 dribbles so it's not like he has to handle the ball that much and you know take guys like Durant and Cousins for example uh Cousins whenever he was in the game they used him a lot as a passer and Kevin Durant um you know it switches between him Harden and Kyrie on who the primary ball handler is so I'm not really too worried about that I'm more concerned with the defense and whether that will be the same you know that first step, how quick he's going to be on defense. I'd say if I had any concern going into it, it would be that. And that's not to say, oh, no, he's not going to be the same defensively. There's no chance. No, there is a chance. But if I had to throw one concern into it, it's not so much the offense, um, it would be him getting back to being um, an elite defender. At the two guard. So that's really where my concern lies with Clay. I think he'll come back and he'll be the starter, um, but that's going to be interesting. From the 209, it's because there are people who don't care about the rules and guidelines. I don't think, see, to me, this isn't a situation where Wiseman doesn't care. You know? And and Steve Kerr says something here. Uh, Let me just play this before we get to Shaq's sound. Steve Kerr said this regarding Wiseman, and I want you to to listen to it and and try to answer the question uh, that he starts out with. But he was asked whether uh, Wiseman uh, can block out the noise and and how that's going to go about in the second half.
0: I, I want all of you to picture yourselves at 19. (laughs)
1: And how many of us
0: could just block it out at 19
1: so picture that at 19 picture yourself at 19 and i did that i pictured myself at 19 now if you're just getting into your car and you didn't know what happened yesterday james wiseman missed uh his window to get tested for covid over the weekend after the all-star after the all-star game and to me When I was 19, like, dude, I mean, I was in college, you know, I was at Chico State. I had a tough time waking up for an 11 a.m. class, you know, (laughs) like, 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 I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I'd probably do the same thing. You know, it's and, and we could just, I could just miss the class and most likely be okay. I mean, I mean, the GPA didn't exactly say that, but still. When I was nineteen? Like, I would I mean, shoot, when I was a freshman, I didn't have a class till one PM to start out, and you know, I was going to bed at four a.m. regularly and having a tough time waking up for a one PM class. You know, and he had a two he had two chances over the weekend and he just happened to miss them. I don't think it speaks to who Wiseman is. I don't think Wiseman's this irresponsible nineteen year old rookie. I just think he made a mistake that any 19-year-old would make. But listen to how he responded to it. We'll play that after we get to Shaq. Because Shaq mentioned this at halftime. I'm all over the place here and, you know, very passionate about Wiseman. But Shaq did say something at halftime. Listen to this. And here's one reason why I disagree with him. Yeah, had this conversation a couple years ago where the team should or shouldn't I do it. I would tank. You would tank? I would tank and, wow. s- and say, Steph, we're not going to make the playoffs. Even
2: if we do, we're going to lose the first round, get some rest, let me audition these young guys, see who I can add, because Clay's coming back soon. Dre the Ma- only reason I don't think you can do can that, drive, I was thinking about
0: can you can't do that. Why? Because he didn't play last year. So,
1: yeah, but I don't Oh, want.
0: you see, he's leading the league in
1: scoring and yeah, really sir, hurt him. Let him yeah, ball. but I don't I want to right. exhaust him, though no, because I want ball. to wait till Clay come back and I want to get at least one more run. Okay. One more run at the
2: yeah, time. I'm not... Listen, that was the question.
1: So... His reasoning there is just so they can get booted in the first round and what's the point of doing that. But two things, two things here. One, did anyone see in the second half, if you were still tuned into this game, because right out of the second half with about 10 minutes and 26 seconds left in the third quarter, Kirk called the timeout. The camera focused on Paul George, went to commercial break, Didn't really make much of it. It's an early timeout, early timeout in that second half, and clearly there was some frustration there, but they didn't show the Warriors bench. Then, coming out of that break and going into the game, they showed a replay, and they showed Steph fired up. I'd never seen him like that before. You know, and I can't wait to hear what the morning roast has to say about it because, look, we've been watching Steph since 2009, since he was a rookie. Never seen him react like that. And I liked it. I really liked the fire that he showed. Because this team needs another voice besides Draymond who's going to pump them up. And the body language that they were showing on the bench compared to where Steph was at. Now, sure, Steph wasn't having the greatest game, but the team was just down. It didn't feel like they picked him up. And I think that that's what was frustrating for him was because he felt like he was the only guy out there who was even putting in... Effort, uh, an effort, a non-lazy effort. Sure, there are a couple of you know errant passes, but overall, you can't knock the effort that he gives into every single game. I'd never seen him react like that to the team before. Never. And he explained it after the game and, and, and listened to what he had to say when he was asked about his frustrations on the sidelines. It's
0: always about what's happening in the moment. That's just basketball. It's trying to be, uh, bring competitive spirit and leadership all different type of ways, but uh we had an opportunity to set the tone for the second half of the season tonight and obviously didn't do it. And we gotta do something about that going into next game.
1: And I liked it, right? But here's the other reason why I disagree with Shaq. There are only two teams in my opinion who are quote unquote tanking this year and Look, actually, you know what? Even going into the second half, I thought there were two teams tanking until I saw them beat the Pelicans last night. But one team uh, I was throwing out there was the Timberwolves. And another team I was throwing out there was the Houston Rockets. And clearly, the Houston Rockets parting ways with P.J. Tucker. What happens with him, that remains to be seen. But clearly, they are not exactly going for gold here uh, for the season. And I think that that's something that the Warrior fans need to keep an eye on is that little race to last. Because if the Timberwolves have the worst record in the league, the chances of them getting the first overall pick become significantly higher, but the chances of them getting the second and third pick become significantly lower, while the chances of them getting the fourth pick also become significantly higher. Now again, they got a top three protected. So if they have the second or third worst record in the league, then the percentage chance that they could get a second or third pick goes up while the first overall pick percentage chance goes down. So really, you want the Timberwolves to be a dead last in the league if you're a Warrior fan and you want to get that pick that is top three protected because the percentage chance going into the lottery is much higher of them getting the first or the fourth. As opposed to if they're not the worst team in the league, then their chances of getting the second or the third become significantly higher. But hell, I mean, you want them to keep winning, if anything. It's either you want them to keep losing or you want them to keep winning. And they got a a big win over the Pelicans last night. But I just don't see that guy who was on the sideline yesterday trying to motivate his team. That doesn't strike me as a dude who'd be okay with that that does not strike steph does not strike me as the type of player who would even let his team do that right even if they're trying to lose he would try to will them to a win <laughs> you know like he would not be okay with that and not only that but when shaq says steph and dre you know they've been there before they don't even want to go to the playoffs there's no point in making it to the first round well there's a significant aspect to it because if you do make the first round of the playoff, let's just say you, you get to the first round and then, you know, you're 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 let's just say you're the eighth seed and you're facing whoever the one seed is, whether that's the the Jazz or the Lakers or the Clippers, whoever it turns out to be. That playoff experience is something that is needed for the younger guys, because next year, you know, you'd have to approach it thinking Steph, Clay and Dre are going to be on the court But two of the other starters or two of the expected starters, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, they're not going to have that experience, right? The guys on the bench, Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole, if they continue to perform and they're on this team next year, they're not going to have that experience if you don't make the playoffs. So really, to me there's not much of a benefit from it except for getting a draft pick. And this is a loaded draft class. I will, I will say that it is a loaded draft class for sure. But in my opinion, when Shaq says that, I think, I do think he believes it, but I also don't know if he's taking the experience of the younger guys as serious as Stefan Dre are, because they have mentioned that before. And besides, when they were on, when they were doing who he played for last year, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but they were doing who he played for, and they had they put Damian Lee up on the board. Shaq thought it was Courtney Lee, <laughs> you know, like so he doesn't know who any of these younger players are. I mean, he knows who Wiseman is, of course, and Steph's his favorite player in the NBA, according to him. He knows who Draymond is, he knows who Clay is, and he knows who Andrew Wiggins is. But I can guarantee you that if you take any of those guys on the bench, he wouldn't be able to name any of them. You know, if you put the picture in front of him and you you said who he played for, I mean, look, he probably wouldn't know. You know, you put a picture of Juan Toscano Anderson up there, say who he played for, I don't know. Maybe Looney, he'd probably know Looney, and Looney's had that experience too. But I think that for the younger guys, that's why you need to make it to at least that play-in game this year. And if you get into the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth seed, sure you get a higher pick, but man, like to me, that would just be a wasted year, and you'd be going into next season having high expectations for the playoffs. But the younger guys don't have that experience, so that's where I don't really uh, necessary. That's where I don't really believe uh, what Shaq had to say. And besides, he knows that people listen, right? All those guys know that people listen to what they have to say. They have to give a take on something, and he may believe it, but also I do believe that uh, that he was saying it just to have that kind of hot take. And it's Shaq. It's just a very enjoyable show, and you know, it's I'm not necessarily going there uh, to take their opinions that seriously. I'm going there because it's fun. Um, You know, Kenny Smith, very informative, and I recommend you watch that documentary, The Inside Story, uh, talking about the growth of Inside the NBA. It is awesome. It is great, um, but really, I don't go to that show so I can hear their analysis um, and actually believe what they're saying and, and take credence into it. But I do feel like it's something that uh, that the morning roast is going to be talking about. I know it's something uh, that just should have been put out to the airwaves. But triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. So just in case you are getting into your car at 5.52 in the morning and you're wondering what we're talking about, well, Shaq mentioned at halftime he thinks the Warriors should tank. I completely disagree, and I feel like every single Warrior fan is going to disagree with him there. Um, But, you know, he has his points, and he made it, and he has the platform. But the big story from last night's game was James James Wiseman missing the first three quarters of the game. Due to some missed COVID tests on uh, on Friday and Saturday, last Friday and Saturday, heading into this week, he went to every every subsequent one to that tested negative. That's why he was eligible to play in this game. And even with it, when he was eligible, Steve Kerr just said, "Hey, be ready." Doesn't he didn't know when he was going to be put in, but Kerr just told him, "Be ready." And uh, he was in in the fourth quarter and absolutely lit it up. Went six of seven shooting uh, with fourteen points. And he, you know, had the mid-range going, he was getting to the line. I mean, he was doing it all. But really, to me, the number that stuck out was the rebounding and the energy that he showed uh, rebounding the basketball. And I want to see that going forward. Um, but listen to James Wiseman now. I played this earlier, but Steve Kerr said, "Picture yourself when you were 19 years old, right." And just look at where James Wiseman at. James Wiseman's at it as a nineteen year old. And from the four one five, man, let's keep it a book. Steve Kerr has absolutely zero idea of what it's like to be a nineteen year old in this day and age. I don't know what it's like to be a nineteen year old in this day and age, and I'm significantly younger than Steve Kerr. The last twenty years has been full of technological advances that have changed everything. Okay, but technological advances don't just magically teleport you to somewhere that you need to be on time. I mean, an alarm clock still exists on the phone. Sure, maybe he just didn't set his alarm. You know, it, it just seems like it was an honest mistake. And listen to here, listen to what James Wiseman had to say regarding his missed COVID test.
2: Um, just because uh, I make mistakes, uh, I'm human, and I completely forgot about the first two days of COVID testing. But I tested the last two days. But yeah, I completely forgot. But I'm human, and like, and I made a huge mistake. But I'll most definitely not do that again because that just yeah, I just got to make sure that I just be disciplined in times of that.
1: I mean, it's just, you know, you're coming off the Suns game and you're going into the weekend. It's the All-Star break, and it's like, damn. You know, it's one of those things where you know in yourself that you're not an irresponsible person. You know you're not just some 19-year-old who thinks he's better than everyone else. That's not what James Wiseman thinks. It just seems like it was uh, an honest mistake. And also, he couldn't practice. He was told that he was going to be given more minutes and he couldn't practice with the team. What would that really tell the team um, if, you know, if he was playing in that game? It's like, hey, you missed the COVID test, you missed practice, and you still get to play. Even though I'm essentially taking Brad Wanamaker completely out of the game. Michael Mulder's not playing. You know, Damian Lee, I'm going to be giving him limited minutes. What would that really say to these other guys on the team if you're putting the young rookie, regardless of whether you're a number two overall pick or not, onto the floor when he missed stuff that's mandatory? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line of the phone number uh, if you want to weigh in. But uh, here is Wiseman talking about his relationship with Steve Kerr no subtle shots, nothing like that. He knows that Kerr had to make a decision. Because he made a mistake. Great
2: relationship. I actually talk to him uh, every two days. Tell him, like, ask him questions about, like, how can I get better each day and, like, how can I improve? And he gave me, like, a lot of details on, like, how can I improve on both ends of the floor, especially especially defense. So just really just getting better at that aspect and just trying to just go at it every day and just work hard.
1: And listen to that. You know, I, I had to stay off Twitter. I don't know how it reacted to this whole thing. Yesterday, but I did know that it was just not only a teaching moment, but I think for Steve Kerr, it was a motivational tactic as to just look. You don't play. This is what happens. This is what happens. And and from Mikey Dubs, it was a learning lesson for Wiseman. Good move by Kerr. And I just I gotta say, like I, I agree with what Kerr had to say, but um triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I can't wait uh, to hear what the morning roast has to say about that that about this. They're coming up uh, in a couple of minutes. But here's the last one I want to play from Wiseman. Clearly, not being in the three quarters, had something to do with his emotions, and he was asked about playing angry. Listen to what James Wiseman had to say.
2: Yeah, I was actually angry at myself because uh, I'm very self-responsible and my mom raised me really well. And I just made a mistake, just like a simple mistake. But again, I'm human, but I just went out there and we called my name. I was ready to go out there and play and just give them all.
1: So there you go. There you go. Um, Before we get to the morning roast, and I told you I'd be doing this, I wasn't going to tell you when, But I told you I was going to be doing this anyway. Uh, The Grammys, I don't know what's happening anymore. You know, I mean, it's been questionable for a very long time. We got that coming up on Sunday. We'll have the Warriors and the Jazz tip time at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So we'll have an early afternoon matchup on Sunday. Then following that, you'll have the Grammys. And I'm telling you, I'm coming in here on Monday. I'm going to be firing off on all cylinders. All right? If you have this sound in your song, ah, you do not deserve to have a song of the Year or Record of the Year nomination. Come on. It's just all a popularity contest at this point. Here's my advice to you if you are an up-and-coming musician and you want to win a Grammy. Just make a song that'll grow popular on TikTok. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. All right, that's the end of my Grammy take. I could see Curly in the back is just like, Steve, what are you talking about? I can't believe it. Hand on the head. He's red in the face. Or is he actually talking to the other show? Who knows? But the morning rust is coming up next with Kate Scott, Joe the Butch Boshasky, and Bonte Hill. I can't wait to hear what they have to say about what happened last night as well as with Shaq's comments. So uh, they're coming up. They'll have the Wiseman watch at 8 a.m., so stick around for that. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. Have a great weekend. You got the Warriors and the Jazz and then the Lakers on the Monday. Tough losing four straight already. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great weekend.